This episode is brought to you by our small biz shopping directory and the shop one in five pledge. We believe that when you purchase from a small online or offline business, your dollar goes further. We're inviting you to shop the directory and take the shop one in five pledge with us. It's a commitment to make one in five of your purchases from a small business online or offline. It's a way to make an impact together where and when it matters most, because the truth is your purchasing power matters now more than ever. When you buy from the directory, you're buying from a real person. Our goal is to shine a spotlight on small product businesses and buy from each other. Here's what you can do to make an impact. One, take the pledge. Make the commitment to shop one in five of your purchases through small businesses. Two, shop the directory. Don't know where to find small businesses online? We created the Small Biz Shopping Directory to make it easy to support, shop, and share small businesses. Three, share the directory. Imagine if each of us told three to four people to shop the Small Biz Shopping Directory. It would be incredible and life-changing to so many small businesses. Tell your friends, family, and social network. You can take the pledge at shop1in5.com and shop the directory at theproductboss.com slash shop now. Don't worry, all the direct links in this episode will be linked in the show notes. Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product-based businesses grow their sales and improve their strategies. Hey, everyone. I want to introduce you to my co-host and biz bestie, Mina Kunlosita, an Amazon guru that has built a multi-six-figure product-based business. In introducing the other half of the product boss, Jacqueline Snyder, she has helped launch and grow over 500 fashion apparel and accessory brands, even one of her own. And together, we share our inventory of secret weapons that will help you dig deep and do the work it takes. Are you ready? Let's build together. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Product Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Snyder, with my festive co-host, Mina Kunlositab. Hey, Mina. Hey, Jacqueline. Okay, so we are edging towards the end of 2020. Congratulations, dun, dun, everyone. Dun. We made it. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet, but we're very close. We're so close. Hang on, everyone. <laughs> this has been a, a year. I don't know what word to <laughs> give the year. It's been a year. That's all year. we can say for everybody. And while it started off, I think the, the thing about 2020 is that we looked at it in the very beginning. I mean, we gave all of, was it all of our masterminders, these ca- these um, calendars that said, this is seriously going to be the best year of your life. Yeah, I will read it. It is so funny that we gave it to them. 2020 had high expectations. It for, really did. For some don't reason, go back and listen. Don't go back and listen to our other episodes that we're like, ago. this is going to be the best year we've ever had in our lives. So we gave them all calendars that says, this is seriously going to be the best year of your whole entire life. And it had five exclamation points on it. <laughs> but here's to say, who's to say it hasn't been? That's so, right. So it started off wacky too. Um, you know, it was it had really high expectations, and a lot happened in the first quarter of the year where um, I don't know there were some you know things, and then and then the pandemic in at least in the U.S. was March dun, when dun, dun. Uh, everything <laughs> changed. 
I really am going to add a sound effect with that or something. We all freaked out a little. So think back to then. And you know, that's when me and I really stepped up and we're like, well, what do we do? What what do what does everybody need to do to keep going? Right. Like just keep moving forward. And a lot of you did. And the amazing thing in hindsight and looking back at the year is that actually it actually has been the best year financially for a lot of our product classes. So they saw as much as things kind of changed, they've also seen incredible growth online, on platforms, on certain products that they never, ever expected. So we're not taking away. I know that a lot of small businesses have suffered this year. Um, There's a lot of businesses that have closed, but we also have seen in our community amazing growth, whether we've grown personally or we've grown as the business owners, our businesses have grown, we've been able to hire and we've kind of flexed our muscles with, again, how am I going to say this nicely? Pivoting, freaking out and being like, what do I need to do next? You know, hiring Mm -hmm. people. We know a lot of the people we work with, their teams have had, they've had to challenge people getting COVID. What do we do? How do we get people to work from home? How do we protect people from a health perspective? How do we keep our business going with all of this other stuff coming in at us? It's like we're in a video game and they're like throwing balls at our head and we're just like ducking and trying to move and get forward. So um, congratulate yourself on making it this far. Yeah. I think whether it's best financially or not, we all grew in this year some way, Mm -hmm. shape or form. And I think it was a strength test no matter what, you know, like you really saw how strong you were in this year for everybody. And so I think it is something that you said that you expanded and kind of contracted and you did what you need to do. A lot of it is survival mode, Mm -hmm. right? We had to survive this year and see how strong we really were, whether it be strong in ourselves innately or within our family, our family bonds, our customer bonds, how strong our businesses were. You know, if we were going to survive, you know, going into 2021, because like you said, a lot of businesses did not survive. They probably did not recession proof themselves. Right. And this is unexpected. I mean, there's things that people couldn't even imagine. Yeah, for sure. I mean, so there was no way to prepare for even this. And that's not to say that they are not going to have the best year coming up for 2021, right? Because we all had to go through our own things for 2020, which is amazing because we're still here. You're still here listening to us, listening to this podcast, no matter what, even, even past all this craziness of this year. We're humans. This is what humans have done since the beginning of humankind, right? Like we've adapted and changed and and figured things out and created the tools that we needed. And, and so, you know, we're no longer living in caves needing to whittle our like spears to protect ourselves from the it bears. It felt like we are going to be at that point. <laughs> we're still whittling our spears and growing our <laughs> gardens, but you know, it's, it's the idea of just reflecting on your human ability, like to grow and change, to adapt as needed, to have courage. And I know there was a lot of like from, from a mental health perspective, also a lot of the isolation has really been challenging for a lot of people as well, or perhaps you have experienced loss due to the pandemic or due to life. Mm -hmm. Right. So know that this was a very hard year. We don't, we never know what's to come, right? The motion of the elections. Oh, I mean all the things. Um, homeschooling, virtual schooling. Oh my, all, it, everything. Okay. Everything was a lot this year. <laughs> not being able to travel to see family, you know, not being uh-huh. able to travel in general, just there's a lot, right? People being unemployed, like spouses being unemployed mm-hmm. and figuring out that when we weren't really 
prepped for that necessarily either. So it's been challenging and we know it's been challenging, but what we want to do in this episode is we do want to help you reflect. So we want you to think about 2020 and we have five questions for you and it's the 2020 business test. Did you pass? And it's really our 2020 in review to take, to take a minute, stop, reflect on this year because if you don't look back, you can't plan for forward, right? We can't plan for 2021 if we don't reflect on 2020 and think, you know, what worked, what didn't work, where am I now? Um, so, so you want to jump into these questions for the 2020 business test? Yeah, for sure. And I want to say you all passed. You all passed, right? Yep. And you still have time to answer these questions. It's just a matter of that we want to present these to you in a way that will be beneficial for you to take this test and kind of run through a review. Okay. So the number one question, first question, this is again, just in review yeah. as a test. And actually, just I think sit down with a piece of paper and these would be really great for a cup of coffee and sitting down with us and hearing these questions. Mm-hmm. So the first one is, did you hit your revenue goal? Right. And it's okay if you didn't. Uh, the whole idea of this is that you actually set a goal, right? So we just had our last masterminders call right before you know, Black Friday and everything is hitting um, the states and Cyber Monday and all that stuff. And they actually gave us a new goal for the rest of November and December, right? Because a revenue goal goes into a bigger revenue goal. It's just a piece of the the months ahead, right? The quarter, the year, whatever it is. So did you hit your overall revenue goal? It's okay if you didn't, but it's just the fact that it gives you a jumping off point that you know that that's what you actually tried to go for. Mm-hmm. If you know your numbers, if you know, you know, maybe perhaps at the beginning of the year, you're like, I'm going to be a million dollar company by the end of the year and maybe, or I'm going to maintain what I made and maybe you sell in person and, you know, B2B and that didn't do as well. And you maybe didn't hit that goal. But I also want you to look at your revenue goal and break it down because for example, one of my clients, she did so much of her business in person direct to customer at, at in real life shows and also um, wholesale. Mm-hmm. And when all that got switched, she had to really lean into her online. So if we look at it, she's able to, maybe she's not hitting her total revenue goal, but she's able to tell me, and this will go into our next one, but she's able to tell me that she is, you know, 20% higher online than she was this time last year. So mm-hmm. she can measure that. So while she maybe hasn't hit the full on goal, she's able to see where things are growing, which I think brings us to the next question. Yeah. I absolutely love that because as we're taking this test, right, it's about what business owners do. They reflect on what's happening. So it's a matter of, okay, you have that goal. They set the goal. And now we're moving to the next one, which is, did you measure what grew? Right? So this is another thing business owners do. They measure because what you don't measure does not grow. Also, when you measure things, you can also maintain the growth, right? If you're not measuring, measuring along the way to maintain it, then who's doing it? What's happening? <laughs> you know, and it's not like you have to be on top of it all the time, but I think this is an important one because, you know, even if you don't hit your goals, you as a business owner should actually write down that you didn't hit your goals, but here's what's going to happen the next time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if you can reflect, you know, like going back to the the client with, okay, so this didn't, she, it was like a, she felt like an arm was cut off on the way of like, this is how I do my business. This was automatically cut off. I couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore. Okay, well then how did she pivot? And what is she growing? And she was able to measure it exactly like you said, because she could look back and say, we're 20% over, we're 30% over. Actually going into Black Friday, she said, we're actually 10% under right now. So then the question was, was, not bad. 
Right. But my thing to her was, okay, all right, we're 10% under. We're going into the busiest time of year. What can we sell? What can we do to bump that number up? So what did I ask her? I said, well, what's your bestseller? Mm-hmm. What do you have that you know you can sell all day, every day? What is something new that you've created that maybe they don't know about or you haven't promoted enough? Is there some sort of um, promotion? Because at this time of the year, we were not telling her get on another platform, right? We were telling her to lean into her visibility, into her marketing, into bundling things, into you know what can she sell all day, every day? Because that she could then measure and know, if, well, if I can sell this all day, every day, I just have to lean into it, sell more of it, and it'll increase my numbers. So the only way we could make those those strategic decisions in her business was to actually measure, to have numbers, to measure what grows or to say, well, this isn't doing well. So where do we go from here? Yeah. I love that. Which picks us to our next question. And I think this is really important. Um, and that is, did you try something new? Now stop everybody before you start thinking about all the new products you want to come out with, because we asked this question, that's not what we mean, right? Did you try something new? And I would say that I want to know, did you try something new in 2020 that built a skill set? right? That was the whole point of 2020 a lot of times because we have to hang on to, you know, a lot of it was what did we have on the shelves to sell? And when you develop new products, it takes time and money, right? So we were leaning into what we already knew sold for all of you, just like what Jacqueline said, right? Because you need that time and you need that money. But did you try something new that you haven't tried before? Did you do a live event sale online? Did you show up on video more times than you've ever shown up in your life? Did you test out doing some reels that was Instagram? um, That's an Instagram thing. Um, Did you collaborate with somebody or reach out to people that you've never reached out to before? So those are some examples. Yeah, I would say the other side of this is like, if you were like my client and you did in-person shows, did you did you pivot and get online, right? Did you get your stuff online? Did you add Facebook shops to your Instagram? Did you some some people, once everything shook out this year, they got onto Amazon, for example. They were mm-hmm. like, I'm going to take my bestseller and I'm going to get it onto Amazon because that's what we recommend. Don't put all the things mm-hmm. on Amazon, right? But they took what they knew what worked and they expanded it onto another platform. Um, did you sign up for a mastermind? Did you get a course because while people were busy cooking sourdough bread, I remember everyone was like, here's my starter for sourdough. <laughs> we were like, we were all focused on continuing our businesses, right? Growing it, figuring out what do I have to do next? I mean, all the hobbies we could have probably done, but, but even if you tried something new, right? We learned a lot. I mean, I'm going to tell you that the Black Lives Matter movement for me on a personal level was such growth that I never imagined that I was going to oh, yeah. have. Something, right? So something new is usually uncomfortable. And it was life-changing and amazing. So going through all of this together, I remember thinking too, I was like, what books am I going to read in the beginning of the pandemic? Or like, oh yeah, I'm going to be, I don't know what I was going to make. I had all these ideas, right? And then when, when, and that was in June and I was like, wow, if I I wanted to learn something new Mm -hmm. and I did. And not only did it transform me and it transformed my family. So I know that's like a little bit aside from the business side of it all, but just as a reflection for myself. So did oh, you we try are our businesses? I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. Did you try something new? We are our businesses. You, you know, the idea of anti-racism was something new to both of us and to the general population, I feel like, right? We didn't understand anti-racism versus not being racist, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that was something new. Also, like, did you try anything new? Did you try reading 
actual books? Did you try making bread? Right. Those are creative things that I feel like you still, I mean, that would have been really nice. That was one thing that I was really missing outside of, you know, I used to get massages, for example, every 15th. Well, those are gone, still gone. Also, every Friday, I would do something creative usually to kind of get my wheel spinning, but there was no opportunity for that in this time. I did try different things as in showing up on video more, definitely pushing my introvert skills to the max. You really did. Mm -hmm. It wasn't pretty every time, let me tell you. Um, You know, so I think there's different things of trying something new, but we do have to push past the discomfort. That's right. the that's the something new we want you to think about. So if you felt uncomfortable or challenged or awakened or something this year, um, I mean, this year was a challenge in, yeah. in so many ways, in isolation, in big changes that maybe you didn't plan for, in awareness, in politics. There's mm-hmm. so many things this year that were so life-changing. Yeah, just, it was, it was nuts. So, but going back to the business side of this, did you try something new? So did you end up, you know, on a new platform? Did you hire somebody? Did you, like Mina said, did you do reels? So many of you are doing reels or we're seeing you mm-hmm. show up live. We're so proud of you for showing your faces. Did you show your face? Does your customer yeah. now know who makes what you sell? Yep. So did you so drop a off lot. doorstep? That was, was something new. A lot of people tried too, was mm-hmm. they did um, curbside and we never knew curbside would be this popular, right? And now there's lots of people that that's how they started in that initial pandemic was that they offered that and they got themselves on the, like the quote unquote map. Well, you want to think about the huge shift that's happening to, let's call it like Starbucks or there's this Chick-fil-A by where my mom lives and they have walk up mm-hmm. to the window, which is old school, right? I feel like old school, like 1950s when they had fast food, people would walk up uh-huh. and they'd get their food at the counter. So Starbucks is going to start converting a lot of it because they're realizing people aren't sitting in Starbucks anymore. It's grab and go. Yeah. You know, the curbside delivery, like every Starbucks, you can have them. Bring I got in trouble car. at Starbucks the other day. <laughs> <laughs> so they put all the to go, you know, you can order on your app yeah. and go get it. Well, they said in this area, but I've never gotten to go before. And I was like, oh, there it is. Actually, it's under Jacqueline. Um, so we like, share oh, an account. Yeah. There's my, there's mine. I'm Jacqueline. Right. And then, um, I went to go get it and she's like, you actually can't grab it from this section. You have to wait till it's under behind the plexiglass <laughs> because they, they have a process for that now. You yeah. Know? So these processes that have happened are like the walk-up window are going to change the way that we order food or get things brought to our car, Um, you know, going physically into stores versus, again, it's moving online, right? Because even if you're physically driving to the location to get it, the ordering process might even be different. At Starbucks now, also in all the drive-thrus, like some of them will give you, they'll like, they have these cool things, like these arms that like take your Oh, ours is in a cup. So that was when I was laughing to you the other day when I was with my husband and he tried to grab the mug that they put the cup in because Uh he didn't understand why they were handing him the cup with the mug. And he's like, no, 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 just take, just take the cup. And I could not stop laughing. It was so funny. So there's a, you know, there, everybody, everybody is trying something new. So what did you try and and reflect on that, which goes back to that, you know, did you measure what you grew? So we really want you to reflect so you can see where you were or where you're going. Mm -hmm. So the next question is, where are you compared to where you were before? So is it more aligned with what you wanted out of life? So where you are now, is this more aligned than where you were or are you feeling misaligned to where you wanted to be? Yeah. Um, we added this secondary question because that first question, where are you compared to where you were before? It makes us feel like we're comparing 
to did I do anything? Did I do enough? Am I enough? And then you spiral. But the real question behind this, the underlying question is, are you just, are you more aligned with what you want out of life? So that comparison versus, you know, you know, making more money or having more products or whatever it is, it's more of a comparison of, is the life that you're living now more aligned with what you want to live in the future, right? And it might mean having less products. It might mean um, having less team members or having more team members, right? So just that alignment of making sure you're setting yourself up for your version of what you want your life to be is what this question is all about. Mm -hmm. So in reflection of you and I, for example, we hit our revenue goal for the year, Mm -hmm. but we also we're feeling a bit burnt out, right? Mm -hmm. So we kept going. It was like, just keep going, keep going. Survival, what do we need to do next? How do we do this? Um, And then the question came to looking at the last quarter for us, again, remember we're service in in the way that for this business. And we're like, what do we want our last quarter to look like? And we did, we launched the, you know, the small biz shopping directory and the pledge. And that was a launch in itself. Um, And now we're looking at, well, where do we, do we slow down for a second? Do we take a minute? Do we batch? Do we plan? Do we strategize? So when we're talking about, is this aligned with where we want to be? The other part that we're looking at is we're busy. We have a lot happening in our business. Do we have the right team members Mm-hmm. to help us as we move into 2021. Cause we've looked at this year and we're like, okay, our team, we've got our team. We've been building our team. They've been flexing with us and working. Now, what do we need? Because I think the misalignment for us is everybody's working a ton. Yeah. And do we have the right members in the right places? Yeah. That is a major misalignment. Also, I think it's, it's probably beneficial to know like you as a business, what your core things that you want out of your business are. Like Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that Jacqueline and I came up with was three words that we really represent and what feels aligned with both of us, right? So one is education. The second is community. So I feel really aligned in both of those, you know, Mm -hmm. and so does Jacqueline and so does our team. So it just feels like very aligned. The third one is, are we a profitable, right? Because we are essentially a business and that, that alignment of, you know, are we hitting our goals? Are we setting realistic goals? Are we bringing on team members? All of that. So I think that's the alignment at the end of the day where you can be like, okay, I built this, you know, education first, community first business that is profitable. So what is that for all of you? You know, what is it that you feel like this is why I'm working and why, how I can feel aligned, you know? Um, Otherwise it's going to be, you're going to, you're going to feel like it just, doesn't feel quite right. Right. Because if you're burning yourself out or you're burning your team out or you're, you're constantly making new products and, and you're like, keep making, keep making, but you're not profitable to it, for example, then what's the point? Unless you're a maker that just wants to make, right? Yeah. Like, unless you're like, I just- Then the lo- number three wouldn't fit, which is pretty much everybody's. You wouldn't be a business, right? Yeah. I mean, then you would have to look at yourself and say, okay, like, I just love making. I don't mm-hmm. care if I sell it. That's That's fine. That would be one of your- pillars, but you know, we want you to reflect on that and think like, is that true? Um, otherwise as business owners, and we always say this, it's in the part that we're coaching you all on is that this is not a hobby. This is a business. It may have been a hobby that has turned into a business, Mm -hmm. but the idea here is, is we want you to be profitable, right? We want you to make enough money to support your family to hire a team, to pay for the materials and the goods to grow your business. So, um, so that's something to think about, you know, is this more aligned with what you want out of life? 
Yeah. And if you are a hobbyist that doesn't want to make money from it, there's the initial misalignment right there. You already know you're, you know, that's not the life you want to live. Right. Some painters just want to paint and Mm -hmm. not really ever sell their art until one day they do. Mm-hmm. And then you might change that. So the fifth and final question is, what can you repeat next year? This is a yes. big one. So big. So we call it like a repeatable year. This is something Jacqueline and I have been going through a lot is what can be repeatable. But when it comes to product, when you have repeatable sales and repeatable things that you do, it it comes with, I think of it, because some people were getting it mix up with passive income, which there's no such thing as passive income in my mind. But in my mind, it's more like reoccurring income. You know that that money is coming because you made this certain amount of sales because you got this certain amount of customers on your live, right? You also got this certain amount of number of people on your email list. And you know that your launches are really, really great when you do this, right? Like um, Annika is a perfect example of this because this is one of her questions was, how do I stop being so dependent on these live sales? Well, those live sales are working, but how does she shift those live sales that she does into a reoccurring way? You know? So what can you repeat to make reoccurring? So you know that at a certain base level, you're making a certain amount of uh, revenue a month. So let's think about that really fast. So that's Annika of Hey Mavens and she shows up live and she sells out of her lingerie or her flannel wraps that she has. She's been selling out going live. Mm-hmm. So she knows that she go, that this community that she's built and loves, that. Go, loves it and they'll buy what she sells. So does she go live once a week? Well, as she's been priming her audience and her customers to enjoy this and to learn to purchase from her in that way, yes, she did it. But now she knows it works, but it's not sustainable mm-hmm. as her, as the CEO of her business and the creator and all the things. It's not sustainable for her to do it all the time. So did she gather them all up and do this once a month and make it bigger? Mm-hmm. And it's a once a month thing that she does. Um, and then she repeats that, for example, next year if she feels like the weekly is too much, but maybe once a month would work or, or bi-weekly, right? Yeah, for sure. It's like when, so if you've ever been part of our challenges, bestseller secrets challenges coming up, we have rock your holiday promotions challenge. It's kind of similar to Annika's where we have to show up live. That's the thing that people love about our challenges is us showing up live. Just like at Hey Maven's Code, they love her showing up live. Well, we've systemized a lot of that. Like what Jacqueline was saying about Annika, she could change the structure to make it more beneficial where it's like, okay, here's the start date. Here's the end date. She can make her customers very well aware of it while she's building her email list too. So maybe day one is like, okay, make sure to mention, sign up for my email list because this happens around whatever. So Monday is this, Tuesday is this, Wednesday is this, you know? And then it starts to be reoccurring even on a monthly basis, right? Because it it needs to be like a win-win, but she's proven that they want her life. So how can she make that so it's like reoccurring, but at the same time, she can test out other things aside from once a month that might not be so reoccurring? Can she make money in her emails? Can she do a, you know, collaboration? Can she um, send out an email series and follow up to that at the end of the month, 
right? So things like that, that would make it reoccurring based off the fact that that is what she's starting with. Something that's repeatable that she knows that they love, the live component. Right. Or it could be the promotions you launch, right? You may have mm-hmm. done a Mother's Day sale and you may have done, you know, a holiday sale and you see that those did really well. You would repeat those next year. You would say, well, what worked? And I'll repeat it. You don't have to, you don't have to come up with brand new things every single time you're going to go into a new year, right? It's not like Mother's Day. If let's say you did 20% off Mother's Day gifts or bundles, you leaned in your bestseller and you did a bestseller bundle. Next year, does it mean that you have to like invent something from scratch? No, no. it means it worked. You hopefully have more customers than you did last year. Yeah, you have sell it again. Yeah. And they, le- they loved it. So they know they can come back to you again for another mom or you've got proof of concept. You've got, that's why we, when we do our bestseller secrets challenge, we really have you look at like what's working in your business because the shiny object part of us is that that worked, but I'm going to try something new. Some mm-hmm. of the biggest mistakes Mina and I have ever made are being like, that worked really well, but <laughs> maybe we switch it up a it. bit because <laughs> we're bored. But it doesn't, the data doesn't warrant us changing our, changing our best selling thing or our best, something that converted really well. So that's another thing to look at, right? Um, and I'll go, I'm just going to bring up jewelry, for example. Let's say this year you look at your numbers, you know how we say, did you measure what grew? And you look at your numbers of what you've sold in your jewelry and you look and you say, necklaces did really well this year, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that now the 2021 is coming that you're like, now I'm going to do rings. Mm-hmm. Well, if if necklaces sold really well, how can you continue on that momentum? Unless again, there's some sort of crazy change in the world, necklaces are still going to do well. And you keep repeating the idea that like, okay, my customer that loves necklaces, can I be known for necklaces? Because so many times people are like, I'm doing necklaces, but now I'm going to add bath bombs. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? I, I will tell you the most successful businesses that we've seen that grow at a really, really fast rate are the ones that embrace this mentality. It is thrilling to sell the same thing over and over. Like once you reframe that for yourself and you embrace that, you can grow so much faster because you have data and you have customers that love it and you have reviews and you have clarity and you have focus and you don't get muddled in your words or the customer messaging or the team that you're building or the processes that you're trying to put into place. That is where we see people, like when they start changing things up or whatever, that is when we see them get confused. And it's not to say you're not going to try something new because our question number three is, did you try something new? Mm -hmm, We will encourage you to try something new, but does that mean it's a new product or does that mean it's a new platform? Like, okay, I'm going to try a new platform and I'm going to take the thing that I know I can sell all day, every day and move it to that platform and see, well, how do I do now trying a new platform and trying something new? And that's the idea, you know, behind when we teach you all about expansion or more profit, more sales, Mm -hmm. more platforms is that we're not telling you to get, you know, sell wholesale or get onto Amazon or build your own website and then sell something brand new that's never been tested in the market. We're telling you test it in the market. And when you know, you can build a multi-million dollar business 
off of a singular product. I mean, variations on that product, Mm -hmm. but it's not in the way of like, I want to be the lifestyle brand. It's in the, Mm -hmm. what am I known for? What can people refer me out for? And what can I keep building on? It is, what am I known for? Because what you're known for is usually your secret sauce and people understand it very, very well. And it doesn't have to be something like super innovative. It just has to be in your style and you have to attract the right people. And it's hard to attract the right people when you do too many things. You know, usually you even see with big companies, they don't go into, you know, expansion is beyond growth, right? It's, it goes start a conception, startup stage, growth, and then expansion. We did a whole podcast episode if you want to go back through and see, but at the expansion, they actually don't do a ton of new products in growth stage. They stick with what they're doing. They optimize the heck out of it. And then the expansion is when they've optimized their team. They've optimized their processes. They've optimized the actual product and every variation under the sun that they could have thought about. They optimize the selling, the selling of it. Like the conversion is like skyrocketed. And then they bring something new into it or a different tier or a different collection or whatever it is because that they they have no choice but to expand because they've already they're top of their market. Mm-hmm. The competition can't touch them. For- and then they can sell anything to their customers. So yeah. then the next, you've got such a big customer base that loves what you sell that then you can add a vertical or an, an ex- a new product or a new category on. Mm-hmm. And then the customer's like, ooh, this is made by you. Yes, mm-hmm. I will take it. I trust you on this product. I will take it over here in a new product. Um, there's so many businesses we could talk about, you know, that have done that, but that's what we just want you to think about. So what from this, from 2020, can you repeat? You sold online, you did really well, you leaned into online, do more of that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you, you made a product and people love it, do more of that. If there's a, you know, promotions that you did throughout the year and, and you're like, these worked, do that again. Mm-hmm. Also, and what then you liked, we, you yeah. know, did you like doing those reels? Do more of them. Did you like showing them a video? Do you feel like you're way b- better than you were before? Yeah, do more of that. Did you like um, making friendships online and having a meeting with each other to hold each other accountable? If you did, put yourself out there more, you know? Yeah. And this is our, our 2020 reflection. And we do have some upcoming episodes coming where we're going to actually help you plan for 21. So don't worry. But But we can only grow, like Mina said, did you measure what grew? So without this baseline of this reflection, we cannot then grow from here or know what we need to implement into our businesses to grow from here. So I want to thank all of you for going through 2020 with us. And those of you that are new to our community, thank you for being here with us. And those of you that are our original OGs, Mm -hmm. (laughs) thank you for being with us. Um, 2020 has been a wild ride and um, we cannot wait to support you and see what's to come for 21. Yeah. Thanks everybody. One last thing before we go, we created this podcast as a reminder that you are not alone in this. Growing a product business is so hard and we want to help you through it. So thank you so much for listening. We truly appreciate it. We really do appreciate it. And we want to give a special shout out to those of you that have left us a review. Thank you so much for taking the time. 
So I want to read this. We read every single one of them and I want to read this one from blogger girl nine. She gave us a five-star review titled love exclamation point, exclamation point. And she says their information is invaluable. I'm so grateful for each episode. Well, blogger girl nine, we are so grateful that you show up in our community and that you listen to this podcast. So thank you. We love reading these and these really help us reach more small businesses, which is our mission. So thank you again to all of you that have left a review. Yeah. Thank you, Blogger Girl 9. That was a short and sweet one. And we love that one too. This episode is over, but it doesn't have to end. Head over to our Facebook group, search for the Product Boss Biz Community, or the link is also in the show notes. Come connect with other product bosses just like you. We'll see you in there.